Well, happy Thanksgiving, or the day after. I hope you had a great time with your family and gave a lot of thanks uh, to God. He has blessed us. You know, every day I remind Donna of the blessings uh, that he has bestowed upon us as a nation, as a, as a people. I know some of you are going through really difficult times right now financially or with your, perhaps with your health or other areas, but developing an attitude of thankfulness is a powerful part of the healing process, I think, spiritually and otherwise in our life. And so welcome to Intentional Living today. I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. And I tell you what we're going to do today. You know, this has been called Black Friday. Of course, now with the internet and ordering online, it, it doesn't seem to come down to one day. It's a whole season. But on this day after Thanksgiving, when many of us are thinking about Christmas now and thinking about gift giving and so on, I thought it'd be a good idea to share with you a program that I recorded with my friend Parky Thompson, who's a certified financial counselor from Georgia and our Intentional Living Financial Coach. We're thinking about money, closing out the year, being intentional, so I thought you would enjoy hearing this program again. So let's get started. Parky, welcome to the program today. Glad to be here, and thank you for having me. You know, we were talking before we came on the air a little bit, just talking about things, the housing market and the uh, the inflation and the cost of things. And boy, and uh, you know, I've been doing teaching on reset. You know, maybe it's a time to reset in our lives and our really strengthening our faith and our family and so on. And I thought, boy, we need to talk about uh, resetting finances. I think there have been times, periods in history where we got to get really serious about a reset. Uh, do you think this is a time for finances where we need to be thinking about resetting our, our thinking about money? I, I think it's a great opportunity, and I think we're kind of forced into doing that. When you look how everyone is affected by this, I just heard this morning that Inflation, the infl rate of inflation is higher now than it's been in over three decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's very uh, important now that we really look at the fact that we need to be good stewards and focused on what we need to be doing intentionally, managing the resources that we have been given. And I, I think it's vitally important that we stop, look around and reset mm -hmm. from where, we, what, where we've been going to, to head in the right direction of where we're at based upon what we find ourselves in today. It's been such a weird time with COVID and now coming out, and I don't know if anybody had predicted this inflation response. And uh, my wife, Don, and I were over in California just about two weeks ago, um, enjoying a little a little break, and, and I paid $4.79 a gallon. And I, and I told Parky, I said, you know what I did is I filled up just enough to get me over the border to get back into Arizona, where at least it was like a buck cheaper or something. Uh, but, I mean, people have to be more aware of the cost of uh, meat. I heard that the, there's meat costs are going through the roof, food costs, and there's a shortage on certain things. Uh, where does a person begin right now to get ahead of this in their own personal finances? Well, I think you've really got to make sure that you step back and, and you really look and see what's vitally important to you. In other words, we could be spending a lot of money in different places and find ourselves needing some of those things that we've got to have when the price is through the roof. And now we're back into possibly going into debt and extending what is going on right now well into the future, simply because we're not managing like we should. I encourage everyone to stop and see and, and, and actually lay out a plan and lay out a budget that will actually show you where you're spending money and will visually show you where you can make some changes in there to be free, uh, freeing up cash in different areas hopefully saving as well, but being able to meet some of these needs to do the things that you need to do. It is important to do that. And so if you have, don't have a written plan, a written yeah. budget, now's the time to reset. Get that out of your mm -hmm. mind. Get that out of your head. Things are busy. Get that down on paper. If you're married, 
Make sure you and your spouse both are doing this so that you both can be on the same page and, and really do, taking care of those vital things that are important to you. You know, you sent me uh, some things that we're talking about reset and you, and you, you gave a little four point outline here. And I think you just touched on it. Uh, you talked about setting goals. Goals. Um, goals are so critical. What kind of financial goals should people be looking at th- at this point? Well, I think you can start with some very simple things, kind of like we talked about there with the budget. Now, I'm not saying living by a budget is simple, but actually getting into a budget, a writing plan, is a goal that people should be looking at. I mean, here we are approaching the end of the year much quicker than we thought we would. It was just January yesterday, it seems like. We're approaching the end of the year. Now we should start thinking about what are some of the things that we want to accomplish over this next month and a half, and definitely as we move into 2022. How are those things going to help us as we begin to move forward? Getting those things down and setting them down, and then begin to set a priority. What is that prior priority goal that we have? You know, I heard somebody say the other day, there's no such word as the word priorities simply because if we use that priorities, we've just neutered the word priority. We have to focus on that thing that's most important and really look to achieve that. What is that goal? What is that thing that we want to achieve? Maybe it's getting out of debt or or getting out of a portion of debt. Maybe you've got $10,000 in debt and you want to cut that by 25% in 2022. You need to lay out a goal and some milestones along the way, working with your budget that simply says, we're going to attack this thing. At this point, we're going to be here. At this point, we're going to be here. And making that, making sure we're doing the things that we should be doing so that at the end of 2022, we have met that goal that we wanted to meet. Without having that, so many things in life get in the way. Yeah. And, and our ability to lay out a plan and execute to that plan uh, means that we can achieve that goal and move on to the next goal in our life. Maybe it's a great time because of what's going on here and, and, and looking back and reflecting and quite honestly resetting. To allow this mess that we're in, allow us to start being in a position where we fix some of our bad financial mistakes and be able to change our course. So coming mm-hmm. out of this stuff, we're in a position to be much better stewards than what we've been in the past. Right. Goals. Listen, goals are powerful. They, they're they're, they're got to be flexible. Times, you're going to have to adjust your plan as you're moving ahead. That's part of it. Uh, but uh, if you don't have a plan of where you're headed, you're going to be going in circles. we got a question, let me see, from Tennessee. Carla is on the line. Uh, with a uh, question. How you doing, Carla? Hey, I'm doing great, Randy. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, good. What's your question for Parkey today? Well, I have a question. My husband and I are um, heading close to 60, and we just purchased a home about two and a half years ago uh, when the market was still good, and now the current value of our home has doubled. <laughs> um, it's the only yeah. debt we have, uh, the mortgage at an interest rate of 2.5%. Wow. But looking around now, we could uh, potentially sell this home and take uh, equity and buy cash, uh, you know, downsize a smaller home. Um, so just wondering if that's a good thing to do at our age. We don't have any other debt, no credit card debt, no cars, um, you know, anything like that. And, of course, we were hoping this would be our forever home, but we have a 30-year mortgage on it. Um, so wondering about taking uh, selling a home in this market, which for the housing sales part is uh, strong. Mm. And downsizing, if that's a good. I also am at risk of losing my job because of COVID in the next two months with federal contracts. So you're you're so thinking you, you have a mortgage on your home. So the thought would be is if you sold it, you could uh, get that paid off, downsize, and maybe not have debt at all? Correct. So the equity in the home would buy us another home, yeah. you know, smaller and maybe not as nice a location, but smaller mm-hmm. and uh, gotcha. mortgage-free. Great question. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about that. 
they could pull out of their house double what uh, what they put into it um, and then do something else. How, how do you have people think that through, Parky? Well, Dr. Carlson, you know a little bit of my story. We talked about it again before we went on the air. Uh, Karen, that's just what we did. Uh, in fact, God has blessed us so much that we get to move into that next house on Saturday. Uh, the truth is, uh, my wife's been trying to talk me into downsizing for a long time. Our house has been paid off for 14 years. We're extremely thankful for that. But I'm, I'm 59, so I'm right there with you guys. Uh, we had no mortgage. You've got a 2.5%, which is good rate. But the whole idea of coming out of that, taking that equity and applying it to something else that would put you in a position where you can live without any type of mm -hmm. house payment, I think is a wonderful idea. I think a couple of things that you said there that I would want you to consider. Number one, how long is it going to take for you to find something else and where do you live? That was the predicament that we were in. A lot of uh, people find themselves in today. We have to rent somewhere, move in with family, if that's the right thing to do, whatever the case may be. Where I live, a lot of houses were not available. So we were very fortunate. And I do believe that God put this in our laps in the situation that we were in in this housing market. But a lot of people find themselves waiting for a long time. Are you guys prepared to do that as well? Secondly, you mentioned the possibility of losing your job because of the COVID stuff. If you did this and you came out of it, and let's say you did lose your house, but you were able to, or your, your, your job, are you able to buy this house and still be able to live comfortably without your income? Those would be the two things that I'm looking at that, you know, as a coach to simply say, is this the right thing for you to do? Overall, if you are in a position to where you can stomach the time uh, and the risk associated with what it's going to take you to get back into something, that's exactly what we did. And uh, the number one criteria that we went in looking for the new house was no mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. Secondly, followed by we were going to be downsizing uh, and, and we did uh, we only missed one thing that we were really looking for in our checkoff list there. But again, the gift that we were given, we took care of it there. So I think those are the things that I would be looking at uh, with you guys. And can you make it uh, continuing out? It should help if you don't have a house payment, but are you prepared to, to wait that window out? Yeah. Does that help, Carla? Very good. Thank you so much. Right. I really appreciate God it. Bless very you. helpful. Appreciate it. Thank All you. Right, Pre you appreciate your call from uh, Tennessee. Uh, Parky Thompson is joining me here on Intentional Living today. We're, we're talking about resetting finances. We're going through this time of inflation just Unbelievable trying to understand maybe a lifetime of financial uh, predictability, and it's all been thrown up in the air here. Um, how do you handle your finances? Maybe you're looking at reset. Maybe you have a question. Uh, Parky is an intentional financial coach. He uh, gives such great wisdom, biblical insight, and financial wisdom. If you got a question uh, for Parky, give me a call, 888-888-1717, or you can post it uh, on Facebook. We're live on Facebook here as well. Um, you can see how handsome Mr. Parkey is, <laughs> but don't look when I'm on. Okay. Don't put me up there, Gino. All right. Triple eight, triple eight, 1717. Talking about, uh, we'll take a break in a moment, but talking about, mm -hmm. um, uh, houses. What about a young couple? Maybe they don't have a house. They've been living in an apartment and they've just been priced right out of this thing. I mean, at what point do you jump in and, and strain and stress to try to get on the train, or do you just stay in, in a rented place? What what do people do who are struggling even getting in on this thing? Well, you know, if, if they're a client or even friends of mine, I'm encouraging them to wait at this point. I mean, when it comes to buying a house, we see a lot of people getting into houses now with no down payment. They're not as prevalent as what they used to be, but adjustable rate mortgages and so forth when you get into that. And, and really, they put themselves in a bad financial situation down the road. 
And and so what I'm telling people is on top of those things, you've got a housing market that's just priced out of control at this particular point. Have some patience, step back, rent what is affordable, safe, but yet affordable. I mean, if you've got a young couple that, you know, that, that maybe even dual incomes, you really don't need a two or three bedroom apartment for the two of you. If you had a small family, you may need that extra bedroom or two. But the point is, for most people, they typically rent for more than what they really need to have. Be wise in your rental and save as much as you can. Put that money away and, and making sure not just that money, but across the board. What I see with young people today, there's two things financially that really kill them financially, and that's car payments and, quite frankly, going out to eat. If you can control those things, put yourself in a position to where you can take that money, be wise, be studious, be intentional with that money, build up a, 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 um, a down payment fund, put yourself in a position to where now you can pay down at least 20%. And as this housing market hopefully corrects over the next year or two, put yourself in a position to where you can be competitive with anybody purchasing those homes going forward. All right, Parky Thompson uh, joining me today. He's um, our intentional finance, finance coach, taking your questions on money, decisions you're trying to make, you know, the Bible says there's wisdom in many counselors. Maybe this is a little wisdom point for you. If you got a question, give us a call. 888-888-1717 is the number. We'll be back. We're on Facebook Live as well. You can post your question. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. I'm a blessed brother in the Lord that appreciates God because He keeps me going in spite of the post-polio syndrome that I've experiencing the latter years of my life and he's just always faithful and true and provides for my every need he turned me around in 1972 hi i just wanted to say i'm thankful for my husband he was born on thanksgiving and i really feel that when he was born god had me in mind I had, you know because it's just the greatest blessing in my life what am i thankful for uh the love of god foremost and through my heart the love of God and the next thing would be my family oh everything everything my life now is richer and fuller than I thought it ever would be and it's because of just totally dying to self and just totally submitting to the Lord and just asking him you know like uh, the Bible says just you know use me and send me and he is just Oh, he has just made my life so fulfilled and so rich, and I am just so content. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. And you know what? Even though we may have less family together, we're being very cautious during this COVID pandemic. You may still have a member of your family that you're meeting with or connected with that needs some extra love today. Perhaps it's that emotionally weak uncle or sibling or parent or someone that lives in your home with you. This would be a great day to reach out in love. Give thanks for that person and for what they are teaching you about yourself and about life. When we think about the brevity of life and everything going on today, we should cherish our relationships. Even though we may not be together, we may be Zooming with each other, 
Reach out to that emotionally weak person who needs a little extra love and attention today. That's Intentional Living. Want to be encouraged every day? Get the Intentional Living Minute in your email. Sign up at theintentionallife.com slash minute. Parky Thompson joining us, financial coach, helping um, take your questions. If you'd like to ask a question, there's wisdom in asking the right question to the right people. Uh, give us a call, 888 Another housing question, interesting time. Chris is also in Tennessee. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Great. What's your question for Parky? Okay, so my question is, is <clears throat> I'm an ordained minister, and we were me and my wife were seeking a house, and uh, this house was led to us by God, and then we've been at this home for eight years. We've totally redone the home completely and updated it. And now, in this time of our economy and uh, the housing market, uh, we were thinking about selling it because we've been offered double amount <laughs> for what we've yeah. already got in it. And uh, so my question is, is we're a little scared about moving or selling it because it was our Heavenly Father who led us to the home, and mm-hmm. uh, he opened the door for that. We just don't want to get out of his will on that. So our thought is... Uh, Seek seek godly counsel. So we're seeking. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good, you know that's a good point. It's not just an economic decision. It's a, it's a spiritual decision. You know, where's God putting you and placed you, and what's your heart, your conviction, and and so on. It's not just a, a money decision. Uh, it's it's a, a good way of looking at it. Um, what about that? I know your heart, Parky. You're a believer, and people are making financial decisions. But man, you know, where's where's the God equation in all this? Well, and I can only go back to our situation again, and, and quite frankly, publicly in front of everybody listening here and who may listen in the future, thank him for what he did. And I will tell you going into this, it, it wasn't my thought of selling. I've been, I was the one dragging my feet. It was my wife because my dad passed away several years ago. My father-in-law just a year prior to that, both of them got to where they could negotiate steps. And my wife kept telling me, we need to sell this house before we get in some sort of uh, situation where we're forced to sell it. And then to uh, to Chris's point here, people started paying crazy prices for houses. And I said, well, hey, let's try it. But I asked God going into it that, that he would watch over us and put us in a position to where we were not being greedy in selling this house. And truthfully, our house was on the market four days, 58 showings and 24 offers. We had three more offers than what we actually settled on. Uh, the one that we settled on was almost a guaranteed offer, cash, no inspections, no no nothing. They just wanted the house. And so that's the route that we went. Much more than what I believe the house was worth, but at the same time, less than putting us in a position where I felt we were greedy. And then the second part of my prayer was answered as well. And that was that God would enable us to buy a house and, and not be caught up in all of this craziness that's going on in this market and the overinflated prices and so forth, that he would provide where he wanted us to be in his time at his cost. And I'm thankful that he did. And his timing was right on time in doing that. And so, you know, I, I know, Chris, that you're a pastor. and I know you believe in prayer. You wouldn't be a pastor. And the truth is, what I would tell you is, is step back, bathe that thing in prayer, ask God to just guide you along with each step of the way. And even that first one to pull on the trigger and, uh, you know, selling this house and doing that again, like I told the previous caller, I think I called her Karen. I apologize, but Carla, making sure that you are prepared that in the event that there is some sort of delay from when you would sell and when you would uh, to buy, that you're, you're in a position where you'd have some place to live. Uh, in our particular case, when we sold, we were able to communicate that to buyers that we were looking for at least a two-month window before we got out. 
uh, the people that we bought from, they needed a four month window before they got out. And so we were able to work that out through all of that. And again, through all of it, and I step back and I look now, and, and uh, this may not be appropriate for people listening to finances, but the truth is, it was almost like the book of Esther, where you never see God's name mentioned, but you see that he was guiding you through each step of the way. I would encourage you to pray about it, you and your wife, and, and again, to just follow his leading each step of that. Very powerful. The fact that you have that heart, Chris, I think God will, I don't think, I know he'll guide you, you know, if you got that sensitivity, uh, making sure you and your wife are both on the same page. Ethan is in Michigan with a question. Hey, Ethan, how you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Good, good. Go right ahead. What's your question for Parky? So I am I'm dealing with a, a predicament of three different loans. I have two car loans and a house loan. And right now we're in a 30-year fix with our house and with a higher percentage interest rate which we were thinking about refinancing. But the situation is in January, my student loans resume, the payments resume at, at uh, it, it's still a uh, income driven plan, but it's high enough to where it throws another wrench in the plan. And right now with my wife and I's jobs, I currently work at a nonprofit. My wife works at a hospital. And it's a situation where I'm just trying to figure out what the best options how to go about things because the biggest piece i'm looking at is do i do i steer to a job that pays more money in a time of uncertainty or do i stay where i'm at and try to you know maybe sell things that i have the loans on and try to reconfigure the plan and and realign those goals rewrite those goals mm. Yeah, well, I think that probably a lot of people listening, it seems to be a theme on this, you know, repositioning, reset right now. What should I do with loans and interest rates and houses and so on? I think it gets kind of back to what you talked about, Parky, with reset. We've got to kind of have a longer term view of what our life's about. I think so often we get caught in the moment. What should I do now or in the next six months instead of where Where do I want to be? You know, what is it I want to head toward? Right. So what would you say to, uh, to Ethan? Well, it, with Ethan and a lot of people, they find themselves in a position where they've got the car loans, the mortgage. Uh, Ethan, you didn't get into how much more of that 30-year that you've got going there for you, but you did mention that the, I believe the interest rate's a little bit higher maybe than the 2.5% we heard there earlier in looking at that. The one thing that you did mention, the one thing that's causing you some concern at this particular point are those student loans coming back on in January. Uh, I have no crystal ball. In fact, if I did, I'd probably have glass all over my eyes to, <laughs> because it just blow up. The, the thing is, I also see that next year is an election year. And I also see the party in power is wanting to continue power. I will be very surprised, very surprised if that student loan um, moratorium is not extended. Very surprised if it doesn't get extended through at least most, if not all of next year. I may be wrong, but I, I, I wouldn't worry about that right now. What I would be concerned with is looking at these things that you have at this particular point and really looking at those loans and the two car loans specifically, you may want to consider a refinance. Sometimes a refinance is not necessarily the best thing to do, depending on how far you're into that, even if you are cutting your rate by a percentage or, or, or two points. Just really need to look and see where that math is and quite frankly, what I call the rate of return over another 30-year loan. If you're cutting it from a 30 to a 15, it may be a wise choice. But then again, you're talking back into making a little bit tighter with where you're at financially. 
what I would really look at, and, and you didn't mention any other debt other than the cars or maybe some credit loan or credit card and so forth, but I would really be looking to see how aggressive I could get on that one car payment that has the, the lowest payoff amount, see how much I can pay that off over the next many months. And if I get that moratorium extended, how much that we can pay off to be done with it. On top of that, you throw in the job situation. There again, I, I tell people when we get into a career situation, and I never want to to offend people, but you really got to step back and look and say, what do I want to do when I grow up? Uh, what, what do I want to be? And, and really allow God to work. As I found through my 15 years of doing this with people, most people are working a job simply because they've got themselves in a financial position where that income has to come in to be able to take care Dang. of that. You're saying it's kind of a little bit of a different where you're in a nonprofit making not as much as maybe you could somewhere else. So I think you really got to look and see, you know, depending on the way that God's got you wired in his direction in your life, what is the best thing for you? But at the same time, I wouldn't let money drive everything. A lot of times we can make more money and be miserable in what we're doing. Mm. I would allow God to give me the, the wisdom to do the things that we should be doing. Amen to that. This happened in the pharmacy on Saturday. The pharmacist knows me and through thick and thin and um, for years. And he said to me, well, how are you, Suzanne? And without even reservation, I just looked at him and I said, I am blessed and highly favored. And he looked at me and there was an audience not knowing that was listening. And I said, because it's down to this, Daryl. I have food, I have clothing, I have shelter, and I have transportation. And to have all of that, I have a job. And for that, I'm thankful. Oh, I'm thankful for everything that God provides. The wife He gave me, my family, everything. I'm thankful for the peace that God has given me. I have um, uh, just a trying family situation that my husband and I are dealing with today. And... Um, and the Lord has just really given us peace through this, and we're just trusting Him that He's going to, you know, keep providing that peace and, you know, throughout our family. Boy, that's a great way to end the show today as we think about this special week that we've been going through together, being thankful and celebrating what God has been doing in our lives. And I know some of you, as you're thinking about Thanksgiving and these holiday seasons, and there's a sense of loneliness, maybe this will be the first Thanksgiving, Christmas time that someone won't be around the table, or there's been some drastic change in your life. Maybe you're going to be struggling with some issues. And I just want you to know that the radio ministry here is for you every day to bring you help and hope and encouragement. We're family. We see that here at Intentional Living as well. We love you and we want the best for you. And as I was thinking about this Thanksgiving season, I'm thankful. I shared this with our board of directors last week. I'm thankful for the fact that we have peace in our own family. We have so much disruption in the world. So I encourage you as uh, you're going through this time, maybe there's an opportunity to reconcile, to reconnect, maybe to, as the scripture says, you know, live at peace with everyone to the extent that it's possible. And maybe this will be a time of healing, a season of healing for you uh, in some relationships. You can do that. That's what intentional living's about, doing the next right one thing for God's glory. And of course, for your benefit and the benefit of those that you love. Well, as we wrap up today, I also want to say I'm thankful for those of you who've been praying for us, those of you standing with the ministry. Thank you so much. If you'd like to know more about intentional living, why we do what we do, check us out. Just go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. Or during West Coast business hours, uh, which isn't today, this holiday weekend, but you can call then at 888 888- 888 
1717. Have a great day.